0: Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. It's getting a little willing, and here comes Well Fed the man in yellow, he's got two, he's looking for three, Bennett is the challenge, Caleb's bursting through, Bennett in green, Sagan with the elbows, Ewan
1: gets it!
2: It's Caleb Ewan. It's Caleb Ewan uh, that went on the stage last night. Uh, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. And uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start and have a look at all this, uh, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au/slash cycling central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, I'm very good. I tell you what, Matty Kane would be pretty happy with that. I think that was a slight improvement. You, you think so? You <laughs> well, look quite chiseled and.
1: You know, Robbie. What about, what about Robbie? Robbie? Yeah. <laughs> it's typical Robbie. Know your place, mate. He just <laughs> well, pops he,
2: up at the last. He's minute, in the box. Just, he, yeah, he's <laughs> in the box. Uh, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, how good was that victory yesterday and how good it felt to have that second victory? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Caleb Ewan is,
1: he's so on cue now. And when I compare it and look back to last year, he won three stages last year, but there was always that nervousness from his first one. It took him 10 days. Now he's just confident but really, really measured in everything he says and just the way he rides too. I mean, that was, he picked his way through that. Uh, You know, it was just, it it absolutely was class and you've only got to win by an inch and I think he got it
2: by a little bit more than that, but not much. It was close. I think you can win by half an inch. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) Anyway, just not being pedantic, you probably can win by half an inch. Uh, Anyway, Kim Caleb again, uh, you just said it, but I just want to to reinforce this. How confident does he look now? He looks like he's owning that pack, and he's is there's no doubt of him? He can win anything any his Yeah,
1: I agree with you. He's proving that he's the quickest, yeah. isn't he? Uh, in this year's race, he's proved it now with the two stage wins. Even though Wout van Art got two as well, Caleb's got that explosive natural speed. You know, he's a purist. He's absolutely a purist, and he's just, you know, he comes out like. If you go back, just reminding everyone, we can't show the vision because. No. We are not geo-blocked. This goes around the world, so we're not allowed to show the race vision anywhere else around the world. I mean, which is good, just which hit, is good. Which is good. Which is great. A, there's yeah, it always, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Don't say Yeah, But you do get to see us around the world. So. <laughs> um, but 100 metres to go, 150 metres to go, you couldn't see him. No. Because he True. was hidden behind. Yeah. And I thought, he's done. He's done. I'm watching it live last night thinking he's not going to win. He's blown it. And then he just picks his way out. I'm not sure... I've seen anything like both of his stage wins in one tour by a single rider before.
2: Yeah, it, it's been very impressive. And actually, just before we play an interview with uh, with him on French TV yesterday, they were mm-hmm. saying that he's probably being schooling or rooming or whatever with uh, with Robbie uh, because he's he's having this some sort of effect. They were even discussing is there an Australian school of of sprinting because he's able to sprint at the point he had win stages you know five stages so far now uh without really a, need, a big train when we see other you know riders they've got this you know yeah articulated there is train. a bit of a school here by the way why is yeah
1: it, it's qu- i think it's yeah criteriums and track racing okay a lot a lot of the guys not as many of the road riders do these days but there's still a big track background focus caleb ewan came off the track and of course the crits, you know, where we like to argue, we've got some of the toughest
2: crit racing in the world here yeah. in Australia. So there, there you go, there it is. Okay, let's have a listen to Caleb. You went straight after the win. Oh, it was uh, very, very hectic. Um, I was, I was really close to the front in between that three to two k to go, or three to even almost one k to go. Um, I was, oh, yeah, I was more forward than I wanted to be, especially with the headwind finish. Um, but yeah I dropped back into the bunch a little bit and uh, yeah from then it was uh, quite crazy and you know I knew from the first stage I won that yeah just keep calm and then just wait for the right right time and the right gap to open and yeah it did in the end quite late uh, to the finish but um, you know I just had a yeah, real desire to win today after yesterday and you know, I was quite disappointed with my sprint and yeah I'm happy to repay my teammates again the win so there's several elements in this interview. Uh, First of all, he got frustrated the night before mm. because he, he definitely could have won that stage, even though he was very hectic as the whole stage. But a Caleb that is frustrated is a Caleb that wins the next day. He doesn't look at his shoes and think there's a plane crashing on his shoes, like nah, we mentioned before.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's what he's showed is uh, is maturity as an athlete. Yeah, you know, don't sort of throw the helmet and get stroppy. Maybe he has on the bus. Who knows? Like last year, like last, what I see last year to this year is a guy that's matured, and and he's uh, self assured, knows knows where he's at.
2: You absolutely see it in his behaviour. You do, don't you?
1: Yeah, big time. And, and like you say, just a few keywords that he says, even his his own analytical sort of talk on yeah. what unfolded. It's actually
2: really, it's it's really interesting and really impressive. And, and the second bit is the, the camaraderie mm. in this team because mm. uh, remember that he's lost. Couple of the teammates before this, five of them lost Gilbert uh, and De yeah. Stage uh, one. Uh, yeah. So, but but this camaraderie that we see uh, that we see on screen right now, this is straight after the a bit tricky a little, little, little <laughs> bit tricky <cheeky. laughs> Yeah, but this camaraderie has a joke, right, you know. Look at this. Yeah, this, this is true fraternity. Yeah, big Roger Klug there
1: as well, and he had to go to the front quite early on. Roger Kluger, so he really he didn't have anyone in that final sprint. But geez, they they knew what they needed to do, and they they also have the confidence that okay. If we've got to change tax slightly, yeah. do some work early on, and it means we're not there for him later, as long as we deliver him in that top five, top ten, with
2: half a K to go, he can freestyle his way to a victory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's been a bit of a controversy in this sprint. We will talk about this in a in a minute. Uh, but first of all, let's enjoy the moment with Caleb. Oh, because, let's uh, soak it up. Yeah, we said, and I say it again and again and again, we'll take you as close as we can in this podcast uh, to the riders. Well, let's go to the table where they're sipping champagne. You guys rode incredible today Always the points where we said we need to be in front We're in front and um, everyone's working so hard No one's lost, I think, well, from, from us riders We never felt that anyone lost morale or anything Everyone's working super hard And everyone's working to achieve the same goal And um, I'm happy I could deliver again for you guys So, cheers Cheers Cheers, cheers. There we go. He's taking uh, a little liking to the taste of champagne, I guess. I uh, have a couple of wines on the table
1: as yeah. well. I think the boys, well, they're Belgians. They don't mind a, don't <laughs> mind a beverage. Uh,
2: why not? They deserve it. They
1: deserve it. Now, brilliant. When, uh, should I? Am I giving out my orange jersey yet? You can. Now yes, yeah, Because yeah. I think while we're on that theme, Jasper de Buist, yeah. he gets the orange jersey because of the work he did in on the front leading into the sprint, leading into the last few kilometers he had to go to the front. He didn't want to go too hard because he knew he still, Caleb still needed him. So he just sort of, he was the one who backed back into the peloton. No one wanted to come past him. He backed into them. He saved some energy. He delivered uh, Caleb on that downhill section. Absolutely brilliant. He, he absolutely made the difference, I think, for Caleb uh, in his positioning into that last 500 metres. So he gets the orange jersey.
2: Good call, actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. so. Mate, it's done. (laughs) It's done. <laughs> I don't care if you don't think it was a good call. I make that decision. The orange jersey is jersey's mine. This is your jersey, and I'm not complaining. Uh, it's just like I, the news bar, exactly. Right? Uh, which I need to put on, actually. Get it up! Get it up! <laughs> uh, but uh, before we uh, carry on, uh, we have a guest waiting in the news in a, not the newsroom, the uh, green room uh, for us. It's uh, Max Gown, uh from the uh, AFL club Melbourne FC. Is waiting patiently uh, for us, uh, and we'll talk about uh, his love of cycling and what he's been doing in the last uh, couple of weeks or month. But before we go to this, let's talk about the argy-bargy in Poitiers because that was pretty hectic. T- take us through what happened. Yes. But uh, let's take us through the problem.
1: Yeah, okay, okay, sure. So all sprints are hectic. We know that. But they came down to the, the last couple of hundred metres. Caleb finally gets his way out. You've got Sam Bennett in the green going for the win. art he actually jumped quite early, like really early, almost too early. Sagan then had nowhere else to go. So he's trying to go the shortest way home up the inside. He gets past one rider. Then he gets to Wout van Aert, and he, he's not going to get through. So he literally almost shoves his head under van Aert, sort of into his ribs, pushes him out slightly. It was actually quite impressive. Gets through on the line, doesn't win the stage, but he actually gets second on the stage. So if you missed it overnight, Sagan gets DQ'd. He gets DQ'd to the end of the field. He collects no sprint points, and obviously collects does not collect
2: his stage result either. And so he is is eighty fifth of the stage. He doesn't collect any point, and Bennett gets second, correct? Well, and he gets he gets one third of Caleb's points as penalty, as penalty as well, as well. So it's it's double punishment. Yeah, uh, for. Sagan. And a 500 Swiss franc fine. I think that is fine with that. But uh, (laughs) uh, joke aside, fair or not fair? How do you call this? No, definitely fair. Look,
1: uh, in the past, I've I've actually stuck by Sagan, the one where he was thrown out of the race from um, uh, Mark Cavendish. Yep, absolutely. What's crazy about this, this one is worse, and he's not thrown out of the race. There was a crash last time, but he had nothing. he, He did not cause that crash, and I won't harp on about that. But this one I agree with. They had to DQ him. Um, no one crashed. Everyone got through. Wout van Art showed his skills in, in maintaining his position. But if there was a crash he would have been DQ'd
2: from the whole race. Wudnanout showed his kill with the finger as well, with the middle finger Ooh, because yeah, he got I he got that. You said that. Yeah, there was a picture of him mm. where he gave uh Sagan the middle finger and he got <laughs> fined 500 euros something for it. Right <laughs> TV though. And we can't because it's still race part of the race vision we can't show
1: you that but it's a pity because Wudnanout looked good actually. He looked good. Yeah, he wouldn't have won the stage. Caleb was Caleb was always going to win. Well, if Sagan had a clean yeah. run, he may have won the stage. But that that sort of halted both of them. I tell you what Let's just put him in the ring for three rounds. <laughs> Wouldn't it be, you know, Sagan would be sort of heavyweight.
2: Do you think so? Yeah. He's a bit taller, a little bit thinner.
1: Jeez, I tell you what, it'd be
2: good. <laughs> just three rounds, it'd be a good bout. Uh, a comment here by uh, Julie. Something is off with Sagan this year. Do you think he's, he's annoyed? There's something that. Uh, uh, good uh, question, Julie. Good question. No,
1: jury's out for me. Yeah. Because he hasn't won a stage, we do, we, we instantly sort of judge and say, no, he's not going well. Let's look at it up closely, Julie. He, he's placing. He's placing all the time. Yeah, sure, he's not winning. And he might not win a stage, but he could still win the green. He yeah. is not out of the green battle. It's cost him dearly, um, about 100 points almost overnight. But this now makes this green battle jersey, I think, really good all the way to Paris. Even though we've got so many mountains, Sagan can actually peg back some points. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's... He's so good. That's a, that 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 is the thing, though. He's so good. We expect him to win all the I know, time.
2: I know, but uh, is this pushing the wrong buttons for Sagan? He's got the Giro after the Tour de France. Uh so where is Sagan at at the minute in his head and how will he rebound from this? Well, about, he might, have, no. he, he, might have know. Yeah. he might have yeah, thrown the helmet. He might have thrown the helmet on a few in yeah. a few words.
1: No, he'd be frustrated. He'd yeah. absolutely be frustrated, but he'll He's a he is a star. Oh, yeah. He is a star, and I will not be surprised if he jags a win between now and the
2: Champs Elysees and puts himself right back in the hunt. Absolutely, uh, Green Jersey is on the on the shoulders of uh, Sam Bennett, Mr. Bennett, Mr. Bennett. Still, uh, let's have a listen uh, to Sam Bennett after the stage.
0: The jersey is uh, is on your shoulders, still on your shoulders. You even gain points on uh, on Peter. Are you expecting a big battle, a different battle tomorrow? It's when it's going to be Hillier.
2: Yeah, like, uh, I don't know how long I can hold this for. Uh, it is going to get harder as the race goes on, but we just take it day by day, and I'm sure it's a bit of fun anyway. A bit of fun, day by day. Green jersey yep. on Bennett. Yep. You said there's going to be a battle in Paris. Do you think this is where it's going to play out? Uh, yeah. Short answer, I don't know. Uh,
1: hang on, I'll get my crystal ball out of my back yeah. pocket. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if the green jersey battle comes down to the final day? Because it's been yep. quite a number of years since that has happened, and one of the famous ones that we all know of, Robbie McKeown, Baden Cook battled it out, and it was the final sprint on the line. and There was about an inch that separated them that, for inch that green jersey.
2: Battle. That inch again, Robbie's going to be hating this, it's <laughs> come up
1: a few times already because on that occasion it was Baden Cook that got the green. But geez, it was a good battle to yeah, watch. Um, we couldn't lose. <laughs> I, was, I was racing, I was in that era, and, and as a you know, a mate of both of them, I was winning. I was going to win. I was watching it in a pub in Belgium and yeah. I was like, well, it doesn't matter because an Aussie is going to win the Greens. On so. Flemish
2: TV or? For... <laughs> Flemish TV. <laughs> Flemish TV. Maybe. Anyway, our guest is waiting patiently in the room Let's... for us. Uh, and here he is, is Max gone. Hi, Max. How are you? All the way from Brisbane. Yes, um...
0: up in Brisbane. Hello,
2: gents. Uh, so you're in uh, the. Lock, lockdown of the AFL or the bubble that the AFL has got uh, prepared to get the season going and I believe is that a surfboard at the back?
0: That is a surfboard. Um, we're allowed to do three activities inside our little hub and uh, golf, cycling and surfing so I brought all three of my uh, things up to make sure I can do all activities but um, we've been here for three months but I, I live in Melbourne and from Melbourne and um, I'm incredibly grateful to be up here and be avoiding what's going on in Melbourne, but I have left my wife down there, so I, I might need to go back at some point just to see how she's going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I think you might want to uh, think about that, Maxi. Yeah, she might change the locks otherwise. Um, yeah. Tell me, you're you're well. The season's sort of right at the tail end for you guys now, but have you managed to sort of sit up and watch some of the stages, or how how have you been uh, following the tour this year?
0: Yeah, I've been um, I've been following it. Uh, a lot. Um, we've got lots of night matches at at the moment, so um, we've got to get accustomed to playing at night. So we're staying up a little bit later, and it works hand in hand with watching the tour. Um, if I fall asleep, I just I just watch the Daily Show in the morning and 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 catch up on all things. But um, last night was one of the better ones I've watched, watching Caleb um, get over the line and. A um, bit, of, bit of argy Barge, as you called it, with, the, with Sagan and Wode Van Aert in the final. I thought that was a ribbon stage to watch, but the next week is going to be what's going to test me at night. Uh, with my sleep, there's about seven or eight good stages to go here.
2: So if people are asking in the comments, you know, why do you have an AFL player? What's the link with AFL, play, AFL and cycling? Max, you are fanatical about cycling. You love cycling. You love riding your bike, We you also love the competition.
0: Yeah, correct. Um, Massive fan of the sport. Um, I also love riding my bike as much as I can as well. I I ventured over um, to Europe at the end of last season to ride up the Tourmalet, which isn't made. Christoph, not sure if you know, I'm 110 kilos, 208 centimetres. You
1: you made it up the Tourmalet, but just tell us the story briefly because I remember you saying there was something wrong with your brakes when you got to the top and you had to get down. Just tell us how the Tourmalet went for you.
0: Yeah, when I when I unpacked my uh, bike bag when I first got to San Sebastian, my chain was a bit croaky, so I got some um I got some grease, some oil, just to spray on the chain, and I managed to put it all over my disc brakes. Um, <laughs> so going down the Tourmalay, I sounded like a a train toot in the torn and I had to stop halfway down and walk and walk the rest. I was I was petrified because me, uh disc brakes were not working at all. It was fun going up, but going down was the scariest moment of my life. <laughs>
1: um. Tell us, I'm interested, Max. Obviously, you've been in the AFL bubble um, for a few months now. What? How much have you been following and and reading? I guess the updates on the Tour de France bubble. I'm, I'm sure you would have heard in the last couple of days they had four positive tests for COVID, not riders, but from staff. Christian Prudhomme also tested positive. What? Can you see any similarities from the AFL bubble to the to the Tour de France bubble?
0: Uh, yeah, there is there is a few similarities. Um, I noticed the riders have said it's the first time they're not sharing rooms. That's another policy we have up here as well. So everyone's got their own room. Um, I've, we get tested three times a week. Um, I found it amazing that uh, the riders got through 10 stages before they even got tested, um, yeah. which is, which is <laughs> astonishing. But then only four people out of the whole tour, like you said before, um, one of them, unfortunately, the big dog, um, who's running the whole tour, but no riders, which is which is great, and that's been from the AFL point of view. We've been no players of, and I don't think any staff have have, have um, tested positive. But in Australia, we're at a lower level to what it is in France.
2: In terms of the the, the safety sides of it, reassure us when you have a, a, a bo- like a competitive bubble, like you guys have. It's easy to keep tight then you can, we, we can hope the Tour de Front can carry on. The reason why I'm asking is that we hear sometimes rumours that some of the staff could cross over into the, the competitive bubble and not the competitive bubble. We just want to be sure that, for example, you guys are keeping it tight as...
0: Yeah, we, um, that's one of the main issues we saw early on. There's a lot of part-time staff around professional sporting clubs. Um, so, yeah, you're either in or you're out. Um, so a few part-time guys have turned into full-time and a, few part, and a few full-time guys have, have stayed back in Melbourne. So that's one of the areas that we needed to touch on. The other one is we do stay in a lot of hotels and um, we still travel from state to state. So it's still, I mean, I know that's happening, the tour changing from town to town with different hot- to hotels. That's the real danger area. So we have got to make sure you're still doing um, the face masks, the sanitising, um, the social distancing, um, as much as it's starting to wear thin. Um, that's what's going to keep our competition going. And we don't have long left. We're at the pointy end, so we definitely don't want to stuff it up now.
1: No, no, absolutely. Now, Maxi, uh, tell me, I'm interested in your take. I've always, I've had this thing. It's it's like an argument, I guess, over the years, you know, the toughest sports. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually do think AFL players and AFL is one of the toughest. I think the knocks you guys take. Cycling's pretty tough as well. I think. Are there any other sports that even come close? I mean, let's be honest. I love I love my round ball, the uh, soccer. But, geez, I will tell you what, they're pretty good actors, aren't they?
0: <laughs> and they're all all sports are also different. Like AFL, I definitely have a biased opinion that um, to be able to run the kilometres we do and cop the knocks um, puts us up there in the one of the toughest sports. You see, um, soccer don't necessarily have the knocks, but they do run a long way. And then there's rugby down here who Um, don't run as much but have a whole lot more knocks. So we're sort of the the medium in between the two sports down here. But cycling is one of the hardest things you can do, especially what these guys are doing now, um, 21 days in a row, uh, riding basically a marathon every single day. It's it's a phenomenal effort. Yeah, so footy is nowhere near that. um, But we're a team sport um, and we're trying to get 22 players to selflessly – um, give up their uh, ego and give up um, individual accolades and stuff like that to win a premiership. Um, cycling is kind of like that. There is um, some teams that aren't as good as others at potentially being selfless for their for their team leader, but um, that's where footy differs from cycling and um, some of those individual sports.
1: Do you, do you draw on, do you look sort of analytically and psychologically at cycling because you follow it so closely and do you drag anything away from it that you say, hey, we can use this in our team situation? I'm just interested in the stuff you say about, you know, I think all sports people, and it's not a criticism. I was one of them too. We all have egos and we all want sort of, you know, to stand on that top step or, or kick that winning goal. What, what have you seen in cycling that you think AFL teams can use, uh, you know, in a, in a team situation?
0: Yeah, there's, there's definitely two things. Um, I travelled to the Volta uh, last year and managed to get a day with Mitchelton Scott um, where they didn't really have a team leader. that Esteban Chavez who was riding well. Um, and just the, the, the sacrifice that the other seven riders had for Esteban Chavez on that day that I was able to see. Um, and then also from a nutrition and performance point of view, cycling's a long way ahead of football there um we have a little bit more preference like if we like lasagna the day before a game we'll eat lasagna whereas i felt like the cyclists are told you will have this meal at this time because that will get you the best performance um so i i I definitely got a lot out of that um but definitely the leadership um and the sacrificial stuff that some riders do like um caleb said earlier in this uh in the in the podcast um just the work that is teammates did for him to be able to get the the win i reckon that's where football can get to and we have way too many like every game has stats uh and so everyone's comparing their stats and it's hard to park your ego sometimes in our game but um, i feel like cycling's ahead
2: that's quite interesting actually on on the stat because there's been a lot of examples, someone like Bardet, for example, I've said that uh, or people have said about him that he was looking too much at the stats and full uh, losing the feeling on the bike, losing the feel for the racing. And you're saying on, on footy, is that the same thing? If people are now losing too much, you know, brain space about the stats, and then probably losing a little bit of, of the touch?
0: Yeah, it, it it definitely can be. Um, our our game's very um, highly scrutinised inside Australia, especially in Melbourne, um, where where we play our footy. So, if you can get caught up in the noise um, and the news, it doesn't really matter outside of the game. You can go away from what matters. And uh, I actually saw Bardet say that. Um, and he's riding a lot better this tour. In fact, I think he's is he top four. I don't know what he is, yeah, but he's, he's riding really yeah. really
1: well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Maxie, one one last question. Uh, I want your opinion, opinion on this. Should Robbie McEwen be nervous about Caleb? <laughs> I think I think he's hunting him in terms of record for for the most uh, wins by an Aussie. Uh,
0: the only thing that's going to save him is the course. Um, there's, I don't think there's any more stages that Caleb can win till the till the final well, one. He so yes, yeah. yeah, he
1: won't get the twelve this year. But I, Robbie's surely he's he's got to be a bit nervous for the next few years. I mean, if Caleb's got five now, Robbie's got twelve in total. Took him his whole career. I mean, he took his time about getting a, getting the twelve. He's got to be nervous.
2: What, what about just before this? What about a ring with you and Robbie in it? I can hang it on Robbie. We go a long way. Back. Anyway, so he <laughs> he's impressive though, isn't he, Caleb?
1: He is super impressive.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great time for Australian cycling in a way. Um, Caleb leading from the front with sprinting, and last night he was easily the quickest. And his uh, stage one win as well, he was easily the quickest. Um, rider right out, out there on the road but I mean there's some other Aussies that are impressive as well. Uh, Jack Hague and Lucas Hamilton over at I- I- Italy at the moment are performing well up the hills and, and, and Richie, don't forget Richie. Richie's got a top 10 potentially even a top 5 in him with the way he's riding so um, I think Robbie should be nervous though because Caleb's got um, a lot more stage wins over the next few years. Yeah,
1: you got,
2: you got, you got, I'll Robbie, let him know. Yeah, just screenshot <laughs> just that little grab. Yeah, yep. so he will be, <laughs> Thank you Max for joining us. the way from, uh, from Queensland. No worries. Thanks Jens. Thanks, Thank Max. You. Cheers. Jeez, he knows cycling. He, he knows, yeah, no, <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> he follows
1: it. And uh, yeah, he know and, uh, and even you know, he's he's keeping up with Torino Adriatico that's yeah. on. No, he's all over it, Maxi. Absolutely. And six four eight. Six, Made four, it the yeah, I love the story with the bright sun.
2: <laughs> it was hilarious. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Okay, let's look ahead at what's coming up tonight on SBS. We've got stage 12, of course. We are going to Saron tonight. It's an interesting stage if you are French, or if you're close to the French culture. Uh, there's going to be two homages uh, given to on this stage. Uh, the former French president, Jacques Chirac, who passed away yep. earlier this year, is in from the area. So there will be an homage there. And of course, Raymond Poulidor, the yes. legend of the tour who passed away as well. So this stage is dedicating to them both. Yeah, and interestingly cool. enough, this stage was designed to do this, to give them an homage, Living, and they both died since the stage was announced. A bit, a bit creepy.
1: You know, on a, on a serious note, you know what ASO do so well? Do you know what it is? They uh, do a lot of things quite well.
2: Sandwiches? But,
1: uh... <laughs> no, they do paying respect. Yeah, absolutely. It's paying respect to the region, to the people, to the history not just of the sport, but of what went on there, like with the World Wars, et cetera, that we saw 100 years ago, um, commemoration. They just, they do that stuff. It's, well. it's class. Uh, yeah, they really exactly. class. They really show class. And it's not
2: class. rubbing your face. No, you know no, It's happening. It's just really and subtle,
1: but it's really good. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, what do you see on that stage tonight, Stage 12, which actually the broadcast starts at 9.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time on SBS tonight. On the main channel. Uh, yeah. On the main channel. Uh, what do you see there? Um, I re- see... Remember tipping competition? I'm listening. I know. Well, it's a breakaway.
1: <laughs> Today's a hard one to tip. To yeah. pick for because it's a breakaway. I think we'll win the, the day. I don't think the sprinters' terms... We'll try hard to to control it. And because of that, the opportunists will be full gas on the attack from the start. So I think we'll see an absolutely
2: fast start. Is that when we'll see that Alaphilippe's got a plan B or a plan C? I'm not sure Tonight. it's hard enough for no, Alaphilippe. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just not quite
1: sure. But so someone I'm, like Trentin? Maybe a Trentin. Maybe a, a Trentin. Trentin. Like? Yeah, guys like oh, that.
2: The Ghent? Peter Sagan. Sagan, the Gent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those are good. But Bennett... And to kind of quick step, they will not let Sagan go anywhere. Yeah. And incidentally, uh, I'm pretty sure it's about 52, 50 odd kilometers is the first, the only intermediate sprint. Yeah. So that comes early on. Uh, so hopefully we'll get that in the broadcast. Um, so it should be, that that will be really interesting.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 9.30 on SBS tonight. Thank you, Micah. Thank you. I've got one shout out to ah, do. Okay. As we say, because we are not
1: Jail this goes around the world, I want to do a shout-out to a very close family friend who's watching every night or during the day in Argentina. Argentina. Ana Maria and your family. (laughs) Hello. Miss you guys. Hope you're well. Hope you're keeping well. She watches it every day. Uh She's been a family friend, a good friend of my sisters for more than thirty years. Pen friends, okay? Can you believe that? So there you go, big shout out.
2: Again, okay, I do another shout out to the Couch Politan because you haven't seen the people have where's been to mate. I know exactly. You <laughs> can shout out all you want. People <laughs> proof is in the pudding. Couch. People, I said, love the t-shirt, mate. Yeah, yeah. Where's uh, where's it? Where is it? Come mine. On. I'm trying to fit it in with cupcakes. It's <laughs> <big>. <laughs> well, you had two before, so you're on your way. There you go. No secrets. I have two. <laughs> <laughs> 9.30 tonight on SBS. It's the main broadcast. Thank you for uh, tuning in. This was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or logo rides with our friend at Zwift. Until next time, tomorrow, same place, same time. Ciao. Before we go,
0: a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.